Welcome to Decide You Can podcast. We're two sisters on opposite sides of the world, talking about our own experiences in our nine-to-five lives and discussing all sorts of things that keep us focused, happy and productive in our everyday lives. I'm Laura. I live and work in Melbourne. I'm a manager in a professional services firm and I like to impart my creative streak in unexpected places. At the moment, I'm focused on spreadsheets and analytics. And I'm Susie. I live in Edinburgh and study a maths degree via distance learning, whilst also working within the financial sector. I really love how busy my life is at the moment and find there's never a dull moment. In this episode, we're going to talk about the concept of buy-in and the journey we take from thinking of an idea initially to sounding it out, developing it and implementing it. I check in with Laura on whether she has managed to implement the concept of 20% time into her working week and I inspire her with a quote I heard recently too. Let's get started. We thought we'd start the show this week with a quote that's really resonated with Susie. Why don't you introduce it, Suze? Our quote this week is, almost every successful person starts their journey with two beliefs. The future can be better than the present and I have the power to make it so. That's a really powerful quote, Suze. What does it mean to you? I suppose I love how it can apply to my life at the moment. My role at the moment is so much about development and seeing all these opportunities, but encouraging you to use your own initiative to make changes. I really like the idea that I can make all these differences and learn a lot from it as I go. And I think that's how I've developed a lot over the past few months, I guess. How about yourself? For me, that quote is powerful because it really focuses on being innovative and thinking about doing something different and breaking the mould a little bit. I think it's quite supportive of allowing you to break the moulds and it says that every person that's been able to do that has identified an opportunity and they really believe that they have the skills to be able to do it and make it real. I think it ties in quite nicely with the idea of buy-in and what we're going to talk about in today's episode. Susie, this was obviously a topic that you were quite excited about and you really wanted to discuss and it was largely because of that quote, but why don't you take us through your journey about how you came to want to talk about buy-in? For me, I started a new role in the past couple of months and it is a different side to the business that I've not been aware of and it is a side that has had to have a larger element of consideration toward the topic of buy-in. It is something I've been quite keen to discuss with you because it would be interesting to just hear another perspective from outside of my place of work. I guess when I've come up with certain ideas, I maybe haven't put enough focus on to how I'm going to get the buy-in of certain managers. I'd be quite interested to hear, do people approach you in certain ways? Do they do they know what will appeal to your nature, do you think? I think the key to buy-in and the key to successful buy-in is actually finding the right person who sees your idea for the potential that it is and can help you develop it and build on it. One of the big things about buy-in for me is that there's obviously a lot of emotion and passion in an idea that you bring in. And if you're always in this frame of mind of having to think about new ideas and being creative, it can be quite a lot of pressure on you to be able to think, how could I do this differently? Or is there a different way to do it? So I think it's important when you bring that idea to somebody that you've really thought through it and thought about it from all angles. 
when it comes to buying and actually going to the right person, once you find the right person, I guess it's approaching that situation quite sensitively and saying, like, this is the way that it had worked. Here are the flaws and here's where the improvements could be made. It's a really interesting point, actually, on the basis that I know I don't approach all these situations as sensitively as I should. I really, really need to consider that when I'm going into each situation. And it is the thing that can be forgotten so, so easily. But when you remember it, it will make such a big difference. When you go into these situations as well, you can be really excited about it. And I'm not just talking about you personally, I'm talking about people in in general when they get an idea in their head and they really do think it is the best idea. Why has nobody thought of this already? But it's being realistic about that and thinking, how could I do this differently? Who does this affect? And let's think about it from all angles. Let's allow other people to get involved and have their say and not be too precious about it. Recently, I had a situation where I had developed a model and it is the part of rolling it out and getting the buy-in from managers that can seem quite daunting, actually, for myself personally. I don't mind the prospect of building a model for someone, but it is getting the buy-in that I find incredibly difficult. And in preparation for that, I've ended up booking in meetings with colleagues completely unrelated to it, but who I know will give me quite honest opinions really on whether or not I'm selling it in the right way and making sure that I do get the buy-in that I want in the end. It's a challenge for me, but I am really enjoying it, I must admit. Yeah, I think it's quite a mature thing to do is to actually seek guidance from other people who aren't as emotionally invested in it as you might be, especially when it comes to something where you've put a lot of time and effort and energy into building something and it's quite, it becomes quite precious to you. So actually stripping the emotion out of that and taking it to somebody and saying, can you give me your honest opinion and being open to hear that feedback. It's quite a mature thing to have to do, but I think it's the only way that it makes good business sense is to run it by people who aren't as close to the emotion of it and aren't as close to even the data that's being used in it. As an example, in terms of buy-in, from my perspective, I know that probably two and a half years ago when I first came out to Australia, whilst I was with the same company, they did things very, very differently. And I had to take a bit of time to really understand why it was different and understand what could be changed, but do it in quite a gentle way so as not to just basically come in and go, this is how we do it in the UK. Because that's a very common thing that people come across and comment to places and straight away want to change everything and make it exactly the same as it was in the in the old country. I think it's quite impressive to be able to acknowledge how the differences between working practice between Australia and the UK and then to acknowledge how much better it could be through the, the working practices that you've seen there. I guess you just have to take a step back and give yourself time to be able to adjust. Firstly, you're in a new country, you're in a new culture and there's a lot that comes with that also there have been a lot of people that have come before you who have tried to come in and change things and it hasn't always been successful so I think to be successful you have to really see that idea and it comes back to the quote that you mentioned the future can be better than the present and I have the power to make it so well I think once you've taken the time to really understand how the future can be better than the present you will have a few more tools and a few more contacts to actually be able to change it and come up with innovative solutions and new ideas and new ways of doing things.
So Susie, when you have a new great idea that you want to implement, who do you go to first? I do have a, a few people at my work that I can approach with these ideas. I'm very comfortable though approaching certain colleagues and just discussing the idea with them, bouncing it off them. Because I know there's a lot of perspective to be gained just by talking to so many different people about it. You'll see the challenges that you might face further down the line. You can better prepare for those. I think that mentor relationship is, is so important though. And it's, it's so interesting to just take these ideas initially to the person to see what they think of it then before you've necessarily even put some work in. Yeah, I really agree. I see it as having somebody who you trust to give you honest feedback, but also have somebody that can help identify the right person to go and speak to about it or to get more information on something. I know some of the ideas that I had, I would initially sound them out to some of my colleagues at work. Firstly, they love talking about their problems, but they also, if you're bringing them a solution to that problem, then they're very open to hearing about how that might be different or how it might help them. So actually being able to understand and articulate what that person's problem is and how your idea might help fix it is a sort of powerful message to deliver. You're absolutely right, but I, I think it's the sort of skill I've only gained through going and discussing it with certain colleagues and just trying to explore what is going wrong at the moment and how do you articulate that? Because it is tricky to do, I'll give it that, but it's so rewarding when you see it all come together and you see that progress and improvement. Susie, for you, once you've sounded out an idea and you still think it's a good one and it's worth developing, what's step two? Personally, I will set up a sort of plan in my head as to how, how I would go about this. It's really just trying to get the technical basis, I think, at that point all sorted so you can then take something to a person. If you have something there that you can show them, then they can picture the concept far easier and it becomes much more of a reality already. Yeah, I love that way of phrasing it, that you could mock something up and say, this is where it could potentially be. This is where we could take it. I think it's the right approach to take, particularly in business, where it's quite difficult to change quickly. So sometimes you have to have that initial investment yourself in testing something out. Maybe for you, working through that yourself will help you understand if it is really a good idea or whether you just need to call a halt to it at that point and go, oh, it was a good idea, but maybe not right now. Yeah, it definitely is. I'm quite fortunate in that when I've been able to scope out my colleagues, I've been able to get that understanding of whether or not it is actually worthwhile. They usually create enough challenge for me that if I can defend my idea through all of them, it probably is possible to get it working, to get it into place. I know certainly I end up coming to you with countless things, though, saying, how do I do that? How, how do I go about this? So you're always on board to offer advice. How would you deal with somebody who potentially wasn't necessarily giving you ideas, but telling you that this was the only way that you could do something? Have you had that experience before? I have had this situation personally. Uh, a while ago, I was in a role that I'd been bringing ideas to a colleague who was so used to identifying the problems. And it became quite a negative headspace to then be able to push for my potential solution to maybe be considered as much as I would like. It was really difficult to see how to sell it to them as being such a benefit when they're so used to working in a particular way that is not necessarily bad, but it's not as efficient as it could be. Yeah, it's not as conducive to helping you work through an idea. You want to go to the people who will help work through it and help be the sounding board. 
you don't want to necessarily give up that idea just yet. And if somebody's saying, no, that's not, that's not going to happen or we can't make that work, it can be almost demoralizing. I guess that's where it comes back to having to strip the emotion out of that idea. I suppose it's something I've actually only learned recently as well, is to identify that you need to understand your own role in pushing out this solution. So there may be a problem and you may have identified the initial solution, but perhaps your best place role is to simply give that idea to someone else and let them run with it. And you are that supporting person that can then challenge how they are approaching it rather than being the person that always ends up wanting to make a big difference and make changes there. To be that supporting element is also quite important. To use one of my colleagues' favourite phrases, I suppose it's referred to as planting the seed. (laughs) I guess with new ideas, there's always these new ideas that are coming in. How do you get other people to see that this is one that they genuinely want to invest in and not one that's just going to kind of fade away? It's recognising how that is going to benefit that person and realising that it's not going to be the same way that it will benefit someone else. But if it's going to be helpful to the business overall, there is a way to sell it to them and helping them to recognise how it will benefit them as well as others is sometimes a great way to go about it. I've definitely had situations where an idea has been launched and it's been signed off and I've got the appropriate buy-in from a senior level, but then getting the buy-in from everybody else to make a success. It's really important to have a clear idea of your milestones and what's going to really make it a success. So maybe that is just regular feedback to work out if there's any sort of kinks that need ironed out or adjust and course correct. As part of the sort of success plan, it will be just having those regular follow-up meetings or milestones to just understand if it's really been successful. And after a while, it will have implemented itself so far into people's day-to-day that people almost forget that it was an idea at one point, and it's now just business as usual. Yeah, I definitely agree. There's certainly parts of the business that will end up being so enthusiastic to an idea initially, but don't see themselves using it in the long term. I think it's something that I maybe underestimated when I consider how much just hearing the feedback on an idea I've had six months down the line, that will shape the ideas that I have in the future as well, though, because I can consider how realistically the business are going to work on something. So I guess if I'm summarising what we're talking about, the first step is to really work through your idea, talk about it with other people, maybe mock up something to give somebody else an idea of what it's going to look like. The next step in buy-in is probably going to the right person that's going to help you develop that idea, maybe put a team together and giving you the tools to help build it and also will help communicate it to more people to bring other people along for the ride and to really help make that a reality. I guess the final point is probably around following up and feeding back and making sure that you're identifying any sort of kinks or issues along the way to iron those out and really make sure that it's a sort of smooth implementation of the new idea. I'd say that sums it up pretty well, to be honest. I guess it's important to make sure you're not going to lose enthusiasm as well whilst you're doing each of these steps, because it can be quite disheartening if someone is giving you quite brutal feedback. But just to consider what they're saying and then making sure you shape your idea to suit that. It can be quite difficult when somebody says, oh, well, could you do it differently? Your, it, your gut reaction is to be like, no, this is my idea. I thought about this. 
and you get quite protective of it. So it's really important to be able to to sort of say, oh, I really I hadn't thought about it from that angle or that's a really interesting point And I might actually see how I could build that into making my idea more robust. I think that's the sort of thing that you, you do just keep learning. I think the whole criticism piece can kind of help form maybe another episode further down the line. It's yeah. obviously how you build your resilience and allowing other people with appropriate skills to help get involved and help shape that idea into something else. So last week we did discuss the concept of introducing 20% into your time to develop your understanding and develop ideas and apply training and things like this. Did you manage to filter that into your week at all? It's really interesting. This week I actually enrolled on a course that was a full one day course that was all around financial modelling, which doesn't sound that interesting, but it actually really was. (laughs) I went there not really knowing what to expect and not knowing if it would be really applicable, but some of the skills I learned and some of the development I really felt was huge and my brain's ticking over and I'm, I'm trying to take some of the skills that I learned the other day in this course and actually implement them to make things a bit smoother and to just feel like things are working better. I think that's so great that you've actually, you've had the ideal week for 20% and you can see how you've made the most of it. Do you reckon you would keep it up? I think it's a really difficult thing to keep up. I'm not going to be able to book myself into a course every week. There's also too much work to do. (laughs) I don't have the time to be able to do all that. But I do like the idea of being able to take that step back. And actually, whilst I was on this course, I wasn't in the office. I wasn't with colleagues. I was able to just really get that pure thinking time. And I think that thinking time has been really valuable to how I might do things a little bit differently. If you could spend an hour a day doing something around thinking and taking yourself out of the business as usual things and thinking about how you might do things differently or are you doing things to the best of your ability, it could be really, really powerful. So thanks for challenging me to think about my 20% time. I'm really glad that it's a concept that you were able to apply. It's nice to know that it's not just a good theory. So I'm really, I'm really chuffed that it it worked out and you were able to apply it. And I can completely recognise that we don't always have time for 20%. But making some time each week just to think about something a bit different. I think you're right, it's a powerful tool. And that concludes our podcast episode. It's been really interesting hearing about buy-in as a concept and actually how we implement it, how we take it through from the initial stages of an idea through to actually being implemented and rolled out across the business. It's a continual challenge to take emotion out of something that you're really passionate about, but sometimes it's necessary in order to take it to bigger and better places. I love the quote that Susie mentioned, which was almost every successful person starts their journey with two beliefs. The future can be better than the present and I have the power to make it so. We'll continue to talk about constructive criticism and development of our ideas in the coming weeks. As always, thank you for your advice. It's it's so helpful to just consider another perspective towards how I approach things. It's really interesting to discuss and explore the similarities in things that we face and really explore the techniques that I have been using or that you use. So thanks for your help as always.
Thanks for listening to this Decide You Can podcast. If you have any suggestions or comments, feel free to tweet us at Decide You Can, and we look forward to chatting again soon. From myself and Susie, bye. Bye.